Hey everyone, I need your attention for one minute. This is not one of those ads. This is something that has changed my entire life. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that this is all about personal development as the foundation for everything good in your life. And this podcast is now sponsored by Growth Day, which is the world's first all-in-one personal development app. I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine having everything all in one place that you need to create the life that you want? Now you can. So if you've been struggling with your motivation, your mood, your productivity, or your purpose, you have to check this out. Growth Day helps you consciously change your life and achieve your potential. It has all the self-improvement tools, motivational classes, and life coaching all in one place. So many of us want to improve our lives, but the question is how? Where do we start? What do we use? How do you get unstuck? How do you make self-improvement stick? Well, research shows how. It's when you consistently journal, track your habits, set goals, learn from empowering mentors, and challenge yourself that you'll be happier, healthier, and more successful. But let me ask you something. Where do you actually do all of your personal development work? I have to tell you that over 300,000 people use Growth Day for a reason. It works. It's the world's number one software for self-improvement. Growth Day has an amazing mindset journal that I absolutely love, a habit tracker, and a goal-setting system. In fact, I bet if you went to my stories this week, you probably saw me using the journaling app and telling you to do it too, because it's the first time that journaling has ever actually stuck consistently in my life because of this app. And best of all, Growth Day has live inspirational classes every single week from the world's top motivational speakers and life coaches. These are people who have impacted my life in huge ways. These are mentors who I already knew and loved. In fact, this is something that's so huge for me, you guys. I personally teach a class in Growth Day every single month, and it is one of the most fun things that I get to do, and I'd love to see you there. These classes will truly shift your life. There's always something new that you will learn. So join me in 300,000 Achievers Growing Our Lives with actual real intention. Visit growthday.com slash Lori for a free trial. Yes, you can try this for free. So go to growthday.com slash Lori and go live your best life. You guys, that's growthday.com forward slash Lori. And I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. Welcome. 
Welcome back to the Earn Your Happy podcast. And today I'm so excited to have this soul sister on, Alexi Panos. She is on a mission to make personal development mainstream through her books, YouTube channel, which you guys have got to go and check out, her workshops. She is an international speaker and she has a nonprofit called Epic. She's one of Origin Magazine's top 100 creatives changing the world. And she's featured in the films as an expert on The Abundance Factor and Rise Up. She's also authored the books 50 Ways to Yay. And I can't wait for you guys to listen in on this conversation. So let's get started. Alexi, I'm so incredibly excited to have you on the show today. Thank you for coming on. Of course. Thanks for having me. You know, I've been so inspired by you, your journey and your husband's journey and your journey together. So I'm beyond thrilled that I've been able to connect with you lately and that we get to connect in the future coming up here because you are just one of those people who you walk into a room and you are electric and I feel your energy and you really are committed to raising people's uh, vibration and just really getting them aligned with what their true purpose is. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. That just feels so good having that acknowledgement. Thank you so much. Mm. And I'm wondering if you can share with everybody your journey, because I actually found out about your story on another podcast and I was totally blown away just with all of the experiences that you've had and how far you've come. So <laughs> could you share a little bit about yourself and how you started doing what you do now? Sure, sure. Yeah, it's, you know, it's one of those things I feel like I've lived a million lifetimes. Um, and they've all been so perfectly synchronistic for what I needed to do what I'm doing right now. So it all kind of started, um, the seed was planted, I guess we could say. When I was eight years old, my mom and my dad uh, were not together. And my mom lived about eight hours away. And we would do these like really long road trips, eight hours back and forth to spend time with my mom. And she would always listen to books on tape to keep her up while she was driving. And they happened to be Marianne Williamson and mm. Tony Robbins and Wayne Dyer. And I got hooked at a young age to this thing that I at first thought was really stupid. And, <laughs> you know, as an eight-year-old, I just wanted to listen to Madonna and dance in the car. Um, but I, I secretly liked it. And I remember when I hit that preteen, teenage mark, when I got really super awkward and super nerdy, I remembered all of that stuff that was playing on those tapes. And it was as if it came back to me and it came right at the exact time when I needed it to remind myself that I'm bigger than these circumstances currently and I can really design a life of my choosing. So I'm from a small town in Pennsylvania where, you know, doing anything outside of the norm is not acceptable. Mm. It's just like, don't try it. You'll be blasted for it. And mm -hmm. And I had this idea that I could because I had these role models in, in these authors that my mom listened to. And sure enough, at 15 years old, I was at my mom's house one summer. And, um, you know, we used to be able to invite our friends over for the summer. And we're all looking through the newspaper to find a movie to go watch. And my sister's friend, Angie, goes, oh, my gosh, guys, there's a singing contest. They're looking for a girl group. Who wants to audition with me? And we all kind of look at her like, just you want to audition. Nobody wants to audition with you. It's just you. And sure enough, I was the kid who, total tomboy, would never turn down a dare. And she knew that. So she totally had that against me and was like, Alexi, I dare you to do it with me. So I said, okay, done. It's a dare. I'm in. Let's go. What do we do? And we had to call in on this like weird phone number, leave a voice message singing a song. I think I sang a uh, 
Britney Spears, <laughs> Hit Me Baby One More Time. And we both got called in for a callback. And it was this local producer who at the time, we had no idea who he was, but his name was Rodney Jerkins. And he is, you know, he was called the boy wonder at the time. He was 20 or 21 years old. He was producing Destiny's Child, Brandy and Monica, Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston. I mean, he was on fire at this time. And we both go in, we audition. We had to like sing and dance in the studio with four or five people. And they pulled me aside and said, listen, we don't want you for a girl group. We want to do a solo thing with you, a development deal. And that led to me working with him for a couple years, which led to me eventually signing with Def Jam, Murder, Inc., and traveling from 17 to 19 years old on tour with Ja Rule. And <laughs> that in and of itself is an interesting story. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, all perfect. <laughs> and I lived this kind of crazy rock star lifestyle for two years all around the globe. I you know, traveled to over 50 countries and had a blast and met people from all over the world and also kind of lost myself in the process. And it wasn't until our final stop on the tour in Cape Town where everything just kind of hit ahead. And, you know, we had gone out, we had performed a show, we had gone to the after party like we always do, spent a bunch of money on champagne like we always did. And I was the quote unquote responsible one of the group, even though I was a teenager. And I signed this check, the bill for the champagne, and it was like a $3,000 bill. Mm. And I remember looking at it, and it wasn't different than any other night, but for some reason that night I had a different perspective. And I walk out, and we go to get back on the bus, and there's a shantytown, like right to the other side of the road. And I just looked at it and looked at this tour bus, and it was as if the two worlds didn't match. Mm. And it was... It was as if like my entire reality just shifted. And at that moment, I felt like a fraud. I felt like a taker. I felt like I was living this life that I didn't even really want. I didn't even really choose this. I kind of happened into it on a dare. And then it seemed cool, so I went with it for a while. And, and it just reminded me of who I was. Because as a young girl, I was the one who was president of my key club which was you know, a charity club at school. And I was giving back and always trying to be of service. And it just slapped me in the face at that moment that I had totally sold my soul for fame and for the promise of what, what fame kind of promises us. Mm -hmm. And I came back to New York, sold everything, said, you know, I don't want to be in this business, got out of the music industry, got a bartending job to pay my rent. <laughs> And sure enough, I met a friend of mine who has now become my my business partner in Epic. And we just had this big idea to give back and make an impact with our lives. And we sat on it for a good year and a half because we had all the excuses of there's not enough time, there's not enough money. Who are we? We're just two kids. At the time, I was 20 years old. I didn't go to school for this stuff. You know, international charity work. How the hell am I going to pull that off? And then one day we heard a story of a woman from the UK who raised 300K for a village in Africa and she was a school teacher. Mm -hmm. And the interview was her going, yeah, you know, it, it's not that I had a bunch of free time and it's not that I even knew what I was doing, but I just knew I had to do something. And that statement alone changed everything for us mm -hmm. because it, it wiped out our excuses. And 
that point on, I think a week later, we were a 501c3 organization. We had booked our trip to Africa, to Tanzania, to figure out how we were going to serve and what we were going to do. And now, you know, 11 years later, we've got EPIC, which is our nonprofit that stands for Everyday People Initiating Change. And we're drilling clean water wells. We're doing sustainable community development. We're working with women and young girls to get them empowered and get them out in the workforce. And it's just really incredible. Mm. And, you know, that that whole journey of EPIC I was just pouring my money into it and I was broke at the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I need to make more money that so that I can do more with Epic and impact more people. So then I got back into the entertainment industry and went into modeling and TV hosting and ended up killing it in that industry. Mm-hmm. Um, it came really, really easy to me because my mom used to be a talent agent and it was great. You know, I was making money. I had the time freedom to go to Africa whenever I wanted. I was able to invest that money back into the nonprofit. And one day I just said, you know what, this, this is sucking my soul and I cannot perpetuate this idea that a woman's supposed to look a particular way and be perfect and be photoshopped. And I just recognized that I was a part of the problem and, and I wanted to be a part of the solution. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got into the work I do now. Mm, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, I really love that you um, talked about how it came easy to you, but maybe you weren't ready or you didn't have the money for this other amazing project that you were working on. So you just stayed in that for a bit until you could get more money. But what did those little somethings in the beginning look like? Because for a lot of people, they feel like if it's not something big and huge and actionable, that it's not worth it. Like they don't realize how tiny those actions are. What were some of the first steps in saying, wow, I want out. I need to start doing this. Yeah, you know, it it was it was it was a small step at a time. That's what really built the empire. And um, I'll say it like this: you know, I I didn't burn the ships until I built the bridge. Mm. And the bridge looked like you know, piece by piece, I was slowly getting training. Piece by piece, I was giving free sessions away to my friends at work. Uh, piece by piece, I was holding free workshops, and I was really just testing what this felt like. You know, I was trying this career on and saying, do I really want to do this? Do I really want to take this on as my career in life? Or is is this just a passion that I'm interested in? And sure enough, with enough of those trying it on, I said, wow, this feels really good. Mm. This feels really aligned with my soul. My soul is on fire when I'm doing this. It, It just, it's like those flow state moments where you're like, this is unstoppable. You cannot stop me right now. Mm. And I hadn't experienced that type or that level of um, just just alignment. Alignment's the word that keeps coming through because, you know, even in the modeling and entertainment and television and all of that, while it was easy, it always felt out of alignment. Mm-hmm. You know, like something always felt slightly off. Mm-hmm. And just trying on, you know, coaching with my friend, I felt elated. I felt tingly. I I just, I felt like source energy was coming through me and and talking through me. It was just incomprehensible. And it it told me that I had to go forward in this direction at all costs, whatever it takes, move, move, move. And with enough confidence of doing enough free things and making sure I was laying the groundwork and building the website and doing all that, I finally then pulled the switch and said, okay, I'm ready. But, you know, I kept my job that I didn't like so much until I had all that ready. And then I pulled the trigger. Mm, 
I am just smiling from ear to ear because I feel like I was living the same life as you, but in the fitness industry. And it was Mm. kind of the same idea. I just stayed in it, even though like two years before I had stopped, I was like, I got to get out of here. Like I need to go. (laughs) Like I I have this whole side that I want to be doing. So that's so interesting. So what is one of the biggest things that you feel you've done to catapult your own growth? Mm. I think the biggest thing is this idea that I'm always a work in progress. And that's a big deal for me because, you know, I'm a recovering perfectionist. Mm. And (laughs) I think I had this idea that everything had to be perfect before I could launch. And I think the biggest thing that keeps me going and keeps me at it and keeps me creating is the recognition that I'm always a work in progress. I'm always fine tuning, but I get to honor what needs to come through. And I think that has been the thing that keeps pushing me because, you know, if I would wait on perfection or my ego to feel safe so I look good, I wouldn't do anything. I just wouldn't do anything. (laughs) I hear you. But, but how? So as far as, you know, taking risks. So becoming, you know, to somebody who maybe is a perfectionist right now and they're like, I get that. I want to release that. But how was it that you now have a safe place to land or you have a tribe or you've built up certain things that you do around that? How do you work around that? Yeah. So the, the best thing for working through perfectionism is taking action, like taking action despite the perfection, because the thing is, it'll never be perfect. And I took action. I was making videos when I was getting five views and I put out those videos every single week and I was consistently getting five to 10 views. And I was like, (laughs) okay, I'm not seeing much return on this, but I know this is what I'm supposed to do. This feels good. And I know I got to just keep at it. So for me, it's the action and it's the consistent action on a daily basis where you force yourself out of the discomfort. You force yourself out of that like cushy comfort zone and you say, you know what? I'm just going to keep moving this way because my soul is calling me here and I know this is what I'm here to do. And really the action generates momentum and more momentum generates more momentum. And when we have that type of energy circling us, it starts attracting like energy. So then we start getting the tribe. Then we start feeling like we've got a safe place to land but the action comes first. Mm, I love that. So what is the meaning or definition of relationships for you? Mm, Gosh, you know, it's shifted so much over the years. I would say what it means for me right now is everything, because I think we as human beings, we are how we relate to the world you know, how I relate to other people, how I relate to my partner, how I relate to my business, how I relate to pain, how I relate to pleasure, to joy, to bliss. Everything is my relationship to the world. So it's, it's the key. And if I can really show up powerfully in how I relate to first myself so that 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 I can relate to the world in a powerful way, then I can shift everything. So how do you make sure that you have a good relationship with yourself? Oh, that's evolved too, mm. man. I used to have probably the worst relationship with myself. <laughs> that's why we do this, right? <laughs> right. We've learned the hard way, girl. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. For any of you out there listening, if you're like, oh, I feel like I don't even know who I am. I've been there. So <laughs> yes, there's amen. Hope. 
yeah, light on the other side of the tunnel. Um, yeah, my relationship with myself has really been cultivated um, by doing the work, you know, and I say the work and that is kind of the umbrella term for deep diving in, listening to what's coming through, through meditation, through being in silence and stillness, um, doing hardcore confronting work, um, you know, like gestalt and psychology and, and, you know, I'm obsessed with this realm. So I go deep into all the different traditions and really apply to myself first. You know, I'm, I'm my own best experiment and my, my own first student. So I'm always taking all this stuff and applying it to myself. I'm pulling back the covers, pulling back the layers, questioning all my beliefs, questioning all my assumptions, questioning my attachments and my expectations and, you know, my structures and my paradigm that I'm living under. And once I kind of deconstruct all of that, I got to the point that I recognized that we're kind of this blank slate. You know, once we peel back all the beliefs and the programming, we're kind of this blank slate. And then I could start relating to myself from a place of excitement because I felt like, ooh, I can create anything. I can really create anything. Who do I want to become in this process of evolving and growing as an adult? Mm-hmm. And that became really exciting because the the potential to grow into anything I wanted to be said, okay, I can choose to be a really happy individual. I can choose to be really grateful and and really connected to life. I can choose to take care of the people that I really love and also take care of the community called our world. I can choose anything I want. And it really became like the artist with a paintbrush on the canvas. What do I want to paint today? And my relationship with myself, I feel like has changed over the last, you know, day, week, month, year, because I'm constantly recreating what it means to be myself. And I'm challenging myself because my old, my old stuff still comes up. You know, if you're human, your old stuff is still going to come up. But when it does come up, I challenge it, I question it, I face off with it. And then I keep recreating. And then of course, there's all like the self-love stuff and Mm -hmm. taking baths and lighting candles and dancing to Michael Jackson and (laughs) by yourself, you know, all those (laughs) <laughs> the very vital they are very vital things but <laughs> they are <laughs> so as far as what that looks like can you let us in on you know the the peeling back of the layers and doing that work on a day-to-day basis because I want to know what that really looks like for you um, tangibly for everybody yeah so tangibly um you know an example if I'm in work or if I'm in you know a conversation with my my husband if I get triggered by something or if I'm, I'm noticing my energy going low or I'm getting overwhelmed or stressed out, I pause because my old tendency was to just spiral into my shit. Mm, <laughs> <You know>? Yes. <laughs> now I pause and I take a breath and I go, okay, what do I want to create in this moment? And I ask myself first, okay, what's here? Overwhelm is here. Stress is here. Frustrations here. Disappointments here. Attachments here. So I call out what's here and then I say, what is triggering that? And then I'll look for the trigger. It may be something outside of me. And if it's an external trigger, trigger, I'll say, okay, Preston, my husband, said this thing that, um, you know, I'm just going to make something up. He said, hey, babe, can you do the dishes? And for some reason, that triggered me into frustration. And then I go, okay, why did that trigger me? Well, I'm really tired and I just wanted his support with the dishes. Did I ask for his support? 
No, I didn't ask for his support. Okay, so what can I do in this moment to create an outcome that feels really good for me, will raise my vibration and create deeper relationship with Preston? Well, I can share with him what just happened. And that's literally what I'll do. I'll say, you know what's funny, babe? You just asked me to do the dishes and I totally spiraled out for a second and got really frustrated. And I recognize it's because I'm tired, I haven't been taking care of myself today, and I wanted to blame you for not supporting and helping and not fixing that. But that's not your problem, that's mine. And I would love some support with the dishes if you could help. If not, I'll get to it at this time. Hmm. So, that is so powerful. <laughs> yeah, it's really like breaking it down. <laughs> mm -hmm. So in those moments, that's the most challenging part though, is to, is to find that grace and space to actually be like, how am I really feeling? Because we want to react like it is oh, yes. fiery. <laughs> so. Yes. Fire. Yeah. Lots <laughs> of been fire. married 11 years. It's fiery. Um, <laughs> so how Wait. do you, is there, was there work around that where you found the pause? Because I really do believe if, if we could all just pause and find the pause, um, we would be able to ask these questions. Cause these are such powerful questions that you just gave you guys go back and write those down. Um, but as far as finding that pause, what did you do? Do you, do you breathe? Do you take a second? Yeah, you know, it, it, it took a lot of work for that to become um, more of my natural inclination because like I said, I used to totally just spiral out and that spiral could last for hours. I would milk the spiral. Yes. <laughs> you know, just totally milk the spiral. And uh, I actually took a course last year called the Art of Leadership Mastery. It was a six-month course with a mentor of mine um, named Scott Cody and it's steeped in the Aikido tradition, uh, martial arts, really just this beautiful grounded technique of leadership and embodiment. And what he had us do is practice the art of centering and centering ourselves, getting to the point of where we're at that stillness point where our breath and our body are aligned, where our attention in our mind is focused on the center point of our bodies just below our navel, and we're breathing into the chaos that's around us. And it was literally six months he made us. It was a really rigorous training. He made us center. We used to have to set alarms in our phone and center at least a hundred times a day. So my phone would go off and it would be like center. And I had that little emoji where like the eyes were just flat and the mouth was flat. <laughs> yes. It was like reminding me to get to that place of neutrality. And I just did it every single day about a hundred times a day for six months straight and it became a habit. And now I'm able to access that when chaos is around me. And the whole course, he put us through like crazy chaotic things and experiments and had our bodies be in fight, flight, or freeze mode, and then had us practice centering and grounding in those moments so that when we're in our real life and shit is hitting the fan, <laughs> we can actually center and ground ourselves. So it was literally a practice of breathing for six months straight, really just like in the moments of stress, in the moments of overwhelm, when my email inbox is flooding, when my team can't access me because something's going wrong with the website, when, when chaos ensues, the first thing I get to do is center, ground, and choose. And that is like my process. Now, am I perfect at that? Hell no. <laughs> you know, I, I definitely have times where I spiral out and my old tendencies come up. But the beautiful thing is that I catch myself a lot sooner. So now my spiral will last about max 20 minutes. 
center ground and choose I love that and honestly it's if we feel that that um reaction coming from fire you know it's going to be an outcome that you really don't love (laughs) not the best no that's that's been huge for me for meditation is I used to be like why am I meditating what is this doing if it's not like this powerful meditation in the moment then it wasn't worth it that's literally how I used to think and now I'm so aware that it's just training it's just training to give myself um more reaction time just more grace and more space and more calmness and focus so I love that. I think that's hard for us alpha people, right? We're like, what is yeah. this giving me right now? Oh my gosh, yes. Girl, my <laughs> my whole journey with meditation was that. I used to look at meditation and be like, really? <laughs> like, what results is this going to produce for me? Because this doesn't feel very productive. <laughs> so what what happened for you that it, it became like a huge part of your life or became something that you felt was full of value? Uh, yeah, you know what it was, is I think uh, it was this deeper understanding that I had during a really super powerful meditation, Mm. where I got that I am source energy manifested in this body that people call Alexi. And when I don't tap into that, and when I'm disconnected from that knowingness and that source energy, it's my ego running the show. And my ego can run the show and I can be super successful, super productive. Everyone can think I'm making a difference, but it will feel off for me. And I know for the the type of life I want to live and the type of impact I want to live and leave and, you know, create a legacy with, it's going to take me being aligned with my source. And the more aligned I am with my source, the more my choices feel aligned, the more my results feel aligned, the more my days and my minutes and my moments feel aligned. And I just feel like a better human being. <laughs> yes. You know? So what does that alignment feel like for you? And wh- what are the things you do to get into it? Yeah, alignment for me feels, it just feels good. Like it feels there's no question, there's no doubt, there's no fear there's no smallness, there's no waiting. It just feels like creating for the sake of creating because this creation is coming through and it has to come out. Mm. And that, it just, it feels like a channel. I literally, you know, the visual I have is just this beam of light and energy coming through the crown of my head and just coming out through my heart and spreading all over the world. Mm. That's what it feels like for me. And when I'm in that space, I feel untouchable. I feel unstoppable. I feel, I feel like I'm love. And it sounds really corny and cheesy, but that's what I feel like, you know? Mm-hmm. And the way I get into that space, for me, my number one is nature. Mm-hmm. Like getting into nature, sitting under a tree, staring at a tree, staring at the clouds, listening to the ocean going for a bike ride, you know, it doesn't have to be this profound nature walk. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it could be literally going to the end of my block on Rose Avenue and just like watching the waves mm-hmm. hit the shore because it makes me feel small. And it reminds me that this human thing is, is something I chose. My, my spirit, my soul, my, my energy chose this human game and it's a game. And how do I want to play it? You know, and it just reminds me of that because nature is so vast and so big and so encompassing. And we are that nature as human beings. And 
Nature is constantly telling me and reminding me, be useful, be useful, be useful. All of nature is useful. None of it is wasteful and it's not a consuming thing. Nature is a useful thing. And for us as beings, especially as women, you know, we are so creative. Like we are the creative force of the universe that we bring life through our womb. And like, that's pretty badass. (laughs) (laughs) And we get to really honor our creative force. And I think a lot of us get disconnected from it because we're just, our ego's running the show. We we're trying to look good. We're trying to feel safe. We're trying to control things. We're trying to, you know, have an outcome that feels secure. And when we just let go, you know, surrender, it sounded so weak to me before, but surrender is the most powerful thing Mm -hmm. in the world to me because I get it now. I get what they meant. When all the mystics were talking about surrender, I was like, what? Surrender? No, (laughs) control's amazing, you know, but surrender in the, in the realm of letting go of the reins and letting source through is like, man, there's nothing more powerful than that. Oh man. I literally all of that. Amen. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I just got back from Costa Rica and that was the theme of my trip was Uh, just surrender and receiving. And it was like, I mean, that's a whole other podcast. So yes, (laughs) (laughs) yes. But I wanted to ask you, what is, so with you and Preston, because your relationship, you guys are like complete, I believe that you are really role models for relationships and it's fun to watch you guys. It's just fun to watch you play. It's fun to watch you have fun. What are some things in your relationship that he really mirrors for you? Mm. Well, you, you hit on the big one. Fun is huge huge for us. Um, you know, he's, he's a silly guy. I'm a silly girl. We like to be silly together. We like to be crazy. We like people to think we're weird because we don't really care what they think. And, and we roll with that. And it feels so good to be with someone who values joy and who values kind of like the simple pleasures of life. And, and he really mirrors that for me. Cause I've always been kind of like a a weird quirky person. And, and I always thought that it was too weird for people. And like, (laughs) they really didn't get my sense of humor, or maybe I wasn't cool enough. You know, I had all these stories. So I would just kind of lone wolf and separate myself from everyone else. And what's beautiful about him is he really brings that part out of me. And he elicits that. And it's we feel like kids, we feel like giant five year olds playing with each other. It's so good. It's so good. It's the, it's seriously marriage is the best, but it definitely has its moments of, um, just where we choose, right? Just how we were talking about choices before. And is it, is it always great? Um, it's always great depending on how you define great. So I, I define great as an opportunity for expansion, beauty, joy, bliss. I describe great as you know, it's all encompassing. Mm, so, so what's your best opportunity for expansion within yeah, your marriage? <laughs> yeah. So we've had so many, Lori, so many. Um, the, the beauty and the greatness of being in a conscious partnership is you're constantly facing off with your darkness. You're constantly facing off with your own shit, with the things that you want to avoid and sweep under the rug and hope that nobody ever sees because there's nowhere to run. When you're with a partner who's holding you accountable there's nowhere to run. There's no one to blame either because they're not going to let you blame you, you know, blame them for, for your stuff. And Preston and I both came into this relationship 
with our own baggage, with our own stories, with our own beliefs, with our own issues. And when you're with a partner or with anyone for that matter that you spend a lot of time with, things are going to come up because your stories, your blueprints are going to start bumping up against each other because they're not the same. You know, none of us are the same. So, you know, our bumping up against each other has looked like, you know, super disagreements over stupid things because we're two type A personalities and really stubborn, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> where we'll fight about, you know, how the towel is supposed to be placed on the oven, you know, oh just like gosh, dumb stuff. Totally get it. <laughs> right? It's like so dumb. So um, we'll fight about, you know, deeper things like, you know, uh, things that have come up around the opposite sex and trust issues and, you know, we we fight about work things because we work together and, you know, sometimes our egos get involved and our ego feels slighted or like one person's getting more of the thing than the other person. And then again, it's great because those are opportunities that are there presented to us for expansion to say, hey, what, why are you in this again? Is it about you or is it about your message? Just checking, you know, and in, in, the relationship stuff, like the trust things and all those things that come up, it's coming up to the surface so that it can clear so that we can be a clearer vessel for our work and our mission to come through. And it's been so great because, you know, Preston and I have only been together three years now. And I feel like we've grown so much, so much. And it's reflected in our work. You know, we work together. We also work separately, but our work has grown so much because as human beings, we've grown so much because we hold each other to such a high standard because we hold ourselves to that standard. And there's just no escaping. There's no escaping. You know, you can't you can't run from your shit in a conscious relationship. You just can't. <laughs> it's so true. I, you know, Chris and I have been together for a long time. I mean, I met him when I was 21. Um, so That's so crazy. You can only imagine how crazy. I mean, there was one point where I was throwing chicken nuggets at his head. Like, <laughs> <laughs> notice I said chicken nuggets too. Like, I haven't had those for years. So, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, who I used to be. Yes. Ever- <laughs> yeah. So, what are some of the um, choices or the agreements that you guys do? You guys have agreements um, yes. to grow together, or things that really keep you solid. Yeah, you know that's actually a big part of our our new book, Now or Never. We have a whole section in there about conscious agreements because, again, a lot of couples are coming into relationships with their own blueprints, thinking that their blueprint is the right one, and then we fight to be right. Mm. And Preston and I have realized that. Those unconscious agreements are blueprints. When we're in a disagreement, it's an opportunity for us to co-create an agreement that feels really good for the two of us. Mm. And we've created you know, agreements around laundry, around dishes, household stuff, around the opposite sex, around work, around play, around date nights. I mean, we've got agreements around everything. And you better believe if a disagreement comes up, we now look at that and go, ooh, this is an opportunity to discover another unconscious agreement and then we get to write a new one. And we're literally building this blueprint as a couple and it feels really good because it we're both entering into it consciously and we're both choosing consciously from that space. So, I mean, we've got everything from how often we learn together, how often we play together, how often we need space away from each other, <laughs> you know, like everything because 
he's his own person and I'm my own person. And I think a lot of people come into relationship expecting to like meld into one another. Mm. And it's not that, you know, it's like two complete holes coming together, overlapping and creating that really juicy, magical overlap where you get to be interdependent and share your life with somebody and co-create together. What you just said is truly what Chris and I feel has kept us together and why we're so excited, why we get more excited every single day to be together. I love, I love, love, love that. Can you tell me more about your book? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it's called now or never five epics, five steps to your epic life. And, um, you know, it, it was really a labor of love and it was a tap on the shoulder from the divine to say, Hey, you guys get to share your foundational principles because, you know, everything that Preston and I do, whether it's our membership sites or our coaching or our workshops or whatever, it's all steeped in these five principles. Mm. There is nothing that we don't do, including how we live our day-to-day life that is not steeped in these five principles. And these five principles have literally changed everything for us. And we've gone into depth on each of these and given the reader tools to really apply this in your life. Because, you know, we were kind of sick of most self-help books kind of giving you this great theory. You're like, yeah, theoretically, it's awesome. You know, it's a great idea, but how the heck do I apply this to my life? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we really saw that there was a gap. And a lot of the people that we were serving in our workshops were saying, you know, I read this book, I get it conceptually, but I, I haven't been able to shift it yet. So the book is really designed for you to understand it conceptually, but also to ground it in your body by actioning it out. And we give you the steps to do that. Mm, I love that. Well, I have more questions for you, but I just want to make sure everyone knows where to get that. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to check out the book, it's now or never the book.com. Amazing. Okay. So expectations and relationships. I really believe that. And this is (laughs) like, (laughs) yes. Okay. So we bring all these expectations into relationships. And a lot of times that's clearly when expectations aren't met, that's when we're let down. That's when we feel like this isn't going to work. How do we bring ourselves into relationships, whether it's friends or whether it's a romantic relationship, whatever that is, to just show up and see what's there for us? Yeah, you know, it it's really it's really simple but it's really complicated, right? It's like <laughs> it's so simple because it's the choice of going the only thing I could ever expect in life. And this is all around, whether it's work, relationships, whatever. The only thing you could ever expect in life is change. Mm. It's the only thing. So the the crazy part is is most human beings operate from this ego conversation of I need to control things. I need to control the outcome. I need to know that there's certainty. I need to know that I'm secure. It's the reptilian part of our brain that needs to know what's going to survive. And in order to survive, it needs to control. And in order to control, we expect certain things to happen in order for us to feel safe. So what I do in relationships is I expect everything, everything. And that doesn't just mean the good. It means everything, Mm. you know, anything. And I welcome it and go, oh, that's interesting. Totally not what I thought was going to be there, (laughs) Mm. but it's here. So I'm not going to resist it. And when we align with something instead of resisting it and pushing it away, we actually have this level of compassion, acceptance, and understanding that gives us insight 
on the gift that's there. Because expectations are like, hey, Lori, let's meet up for lunch. We go to lunch, we meet up, you say something that I didn't expect you were going to say. And, you know, normally one would be pissed off. Mm-hmm. Now, if I just went, huh, interesting, totally unexpected, but it's here. What is this bringing up for me right now? There's a gift in it. There is such a gift because then that's one of those little doorways into your soul, into your old programming, into your old fears and wounds and your your four to nine-year-old hurt little girl or boy. And it's giving you insight into why that was a trigger for you. And then you have a new area that you can really confront and heal. And and for me, that's been a game changer because one, accepting that the only thing that is constant in life that we can, you know, expect is change. It's almost like a thousand pounds of weight have been lifted off my shoulders. It was like, oh, right, right. Life is constantly ebbing and flowing. We see it in nature. We see it everywhere. Why would I expect humans to be any different, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And, and we just, we put ourselves into so much suffering when we have these expectations and we have these attachments to people. And really the only way out of that is A, understand that all you can expect is anything, good, bad, ugly, beautiful, you know, light, dark, all of it. And then the second part of that is you, you lean back and you go, okay, what was I expecting Lori to do at lunch? Well, I was expecting her to say how happy she was for me that such and such happened. Okay, how can I give that to myself? Mm. And that's the secondary question I'm always asking myself. Whenever I'm feeling that disappointment from an expectation that didn't get met, I go, ooh, how can I give this to myself? Because really that's that's what we're all yearning for. Mm. We're all yearning for the love that we're hoping our partner will give us. We need to give it to ourselves. The attention that we're hoping our friends will give us by calling us all the time, we need to give to ourselves. So anything you feel is lacking it's something that's lacking that you're not willing to give to you. And you get to start there. Oh, man, that's so good. So I just want to add to that question. How can I give it to myself without eating chocolate? <laughs> that's a great question. I don't know that I've fully figured that out I'm yet. still figuring that out as well. Maybe turmeric tea. I don't really know. That was amazing. Okay, so as far as expectations as well. I just want to, I just want to play with that because I feel like when we really start doing this deep dive into relationships and a personal development, we can start thinking that we, you know, we start feeling what that feels like to be us, right. To be, um, to get these amazing downloads, to really be tapped into our soul source power. And all of a sudden we start to think that it needs to be light all the time. And we tend to resist the darkness, but I'm in this whole journey right now of just embracing everything that's coming my way. And I know you're all about this too. So what are things that you do to, and I know you've, you've touched a little bit, but to really embrace and see how that darkness also has a gift. Yeah. You know, I think first I want to touch on the light and dark thing because this is what humans do, right? We're so sneaky. We take something that's all encompassing life right? Because life is light. It's dark. It's good. It's bad. It's beautiful. It's life. It's death. It's storms. It's sunshine. It's all of it. And we take this all-encompassing thing and we break it down into chunks that we can understand and control. Mm. Again, this is our ego going, hey, there's a light and a dark. What if we looked at it as just what is? Mm. Like, it's all of you. 
So anyone who's like, oh, you know, I'm a light worker. Yeah, cool. You're also a dark worker too because you got it both, right? Mm -hmm. It's the yin and the yang. We have all of it. Oh, I'm tapping into my feminine. Well, you know, you've got both. It's probably your masculine dancing with your feminine. And the more we separate it, the more we keep saying it's light, it's dark, it's good, it's bad, it's masculine, it's feminine, the more we're actually in resistance to our wholeness. And we walk around wondering why we don't feel whole, why we don't feel worthy. It's because we're we're disowning parts of ourselves all the time. So, you know, it for the sake of ease of conversation, embracing your darkness, your shadow, the part of you that is is so much a part of you and just as much a part of you as your light is important because it's embracing your wholeness. Mm-hmm. And for me, I dive deep into my wholeness in all sorts of ways. Like sometimes I'll be in meditation and some scary, dark, crazy, chaotic stuff will come up. Mm-hmm. And the old me would just open my eyes and get out and go make a sandwich. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, oh, okay, let's just avoid that and pretend like that never happened. Um, and the new me sits in and goes, ooh, what's here for me? Why am I uncomfortable? What's this discomfort about? And I just play with it because, again, I'm this you know source energy that came into human form to play a game called life. So let's see what this human thing's all about. Let's explore all facets of it. And when the shadow comes out in my relationship and I'm frustrated and I'm yelling and that fire is there, there's beauty in that too. Because underneath our anger is our passion. Underneath our frustration is, is something to create that works better. And we forget that. We, you know, a lot of people are walking around, especially in the spiritual world, you know, and they're like totally tapped into like Zen and they're blissed out and everything's all good. And they're like spiritually bypassing all of life. And they're just going for nirvana. They're going for enlightenment. They're going for, you know, life is just positive and happiness and bliss. And it's like, yeah, no, it's not. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, And, and we can keep pretending, but we won't be able to access the the fire energies, the the energies that come from despair, that come from injustice, that come from anger, that come from resentment. There is so much there for us to create with. And you see it in people. They lack passion because they're not tapped into any of their anger. None of it. You know, and I think a lot of us, especially women, we are fed this idea that we have to be put together all the time. We have to have it all together. We have to be doing everything for everyone else and we can't complain and we, you know, cause then we'll be bitches. And like, we have all this programming and we are just stuffing down our emotions and therefore stuffing down our vital force energy. We get to dive deep into that and play with it, create with it, use it, find the gift in it and, and let it come out. It's a part of being human. It's a mm-hmm. part of being human. Oh, you are just, I I mean, it's, you're speaking to my soul right now, because as you know, I, I'm saying it again, just got back from Costa Rica, but that was a really big week for me of that, just going to those places that are dark and sitting with it. And it's not always fun, but I was having some anxiety and, and, uh, the women that I was with just really held a great space of let's go there. So what is it saying? You know, what is it saying and what do I need to heal it? So 
you know, it was saying things that I couldn't necessarily get the healing from the people that I desired. So like you were chatting about before, it's, I had to figure out how I could heal that myself. It was just really, really powerful to actually put a voice to what's coming up. And I think that it's easy for us to bypass it. It's easy for me to be like, oh, well, this is happening and this is great. And well, I'm going to let that go and I'm just going to pray and we're going to go here. Yeah, that's easy yeah. for me. But yeah. guess what keeps coming up? The anxiety. So. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. And that's the thing, you know, most people say, oh, yeah, I'm over that. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, I've totally, I've dealt with, you know, my parent issues. But then we keep bleeding out all over our lives. Like our mm-hmm. that energy keeps finding its way insidiously into your relationships, into your work, into your happiness. And we wonder why we don't get the results we want because we haven't healed our past yet, like truly healed through it. So I love that you had that space because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I wish that for everyone. Mm-hmm. I truly do. I wish that everyone feels safe enough somewhere in their life to have someone to go to, to have that space to just allow themselves to fall apart. Mm, Any ideas on how people can create that for themselves? Yeah. You know, there's, there's a few things you can do. I mean, there's the obvious stuff. Like if you feel like you have zero support in your life, get a coach, get a therapist, get somebody who does, uh, anger work. And I'm not talking about anger management, but anger work, shadow work. Mm. Um, cause there's some really great cathartic things you can do, like have a temper tantrum and hit a pillow or scream in your car and just get it out, you know? And, and that's what I did for a really long time. Cause I, I didn't feel like I had a safe space. So I boxed, mm. I boxed for a very long time. And boxing was my way to, be with my anger and my aggression towards the person who raped me. Mm. And, you know, I stuffed that down for six years. Like I pretended like it wasn't there. I was like, oh, I'm going to get over this. I'm a high achiever. I'll just achieve more and feel Mm. better, hopefully. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, you know, I needed an outlet for that energy. And boxing for me was the way to do it. So it could be in the form of running. It could be in the form of literally breaking down and screaming at the top of your lungs. It could be in the form of a coach or a therapist. Um, If you want to do it in a more private way, you can set up a room in your house or even in your closet and make a ceremony out of it, make a ritual out of it, bring some beautiful things that you love, maybe a candle or some incense or a crystal or a beautiful blanket, something that's really cozy or a picture of someone that you love or a picture of maybe yourself when you were a child and go into that space, sit in that darkness and bring up the thing that you feel you need to heal. Think about it. Go deep into the moment. Think about all the things that you felt wronged for, that you felt were injustices, that you felt completely indignified by and bring those up, be in the experience, put yourself back in that moment and let whatever comes through, come through. And the important thing is with this type of work, you get to understand that you're not your emotions. You're not sad. Like, And we say that, I'm sad, I'm tired, I'm overwhelmed. No, you're experiencing overwhelm. You're experiencing tired. You know, if I cut you open as a person, I'm not going to find tired in there, (laughs) you know, and I'm not going to find sadness or depression or any of that. So we get to disassociate our beingness with the emotions that are coming through and get that the emotions are just like fish in the ocean, but we're the ocean. We're vast and the fish are just swimming in and out. And sometimes they just need to pass through and we get to let them do that. Mm, That's so beautiful. So when are you happiest in your life? 
That's a great question. Um, there's, there's quite a few moments where I experience myself in like pure presence and joy. Um, one of which is when I'm teaching mm -hmm. or serving, I feel like I just like get out of my own way. The, the ego Alexi just moves to the side and it's like, go ahead, spirit, you got this one. Um, and it just feels really good. Like my body feels good. My heart feels good. Just everything feels so joyous about that. Um, and then when I'm with Preston and just like tickling and dancing and joking and being silly and weird, that just feels so good too. Um, oh, another thing that I have to put in here, when I'm looking at dog videos <laughs> online. <laughs> oh my like, gosh, me too. Oh my gosh. Like I see pictures of your dog and I'm like, oh my God, I want a dog so bad. Oh, I really want to give her her own Instagram, but I just don't have that kind of time right now. But, <laughs> but she needs one. Yeah. You might have to hire that out. Seriously. Well, like animals make me so happy. Oh my God. Animals loving other animals too. Like when oh. the animals pet other animals. Okay. I know everyone is feeling this. Like they oh. all feel the same way. So it's like, and here's the thing too. I have some coaching clients that were like, I just can't kick my bad mood. And I literally send them a link to like a, a monkey petting a dog, you know? And they're just like, oh my God, thank you. I feel so much better. I'm like, you're welcome. Exactly. That's all we need. That's all we need. We just need to access that joy and like the basic, basic things like human connection, animal connection, love. Like when we see that kind of love and joy, there's, there's nothing that can stop you. I literally cried tears of joy mm -hmm. when I watched videos of puppies. Okay. It's crazy. New idea for self-development retreat, just animal videos on loop. Oh my gosh. That's a great, like, that's a great healing modality. You know how they say you can heal yourself from watching comedies? Yes. You could totally heal yourself by watching animal videos. Yes. <laughs> we could act it out. We could, it'd be great. It'd be great. <laughs> okay. So as such a, a driven female, how do you separate? Do you compartmentalize? How do you step into the role of being wife, being friend, being daughter? Ah, uh, um, you know, it's all kind of blended. I think I okay. threw it all into my Vitamix and <laughs> turned it onto three and just blended it. Um, because I love my work. I really do. I love my work. Um, I'm obsessed with it. It's, it's my life's work. And the crazy thing is, is it's not just work. It's who I am. You know, so I can't turn that off. You know, anyone who's known me for the past 25 years knows that this is my life. I love personal development. I love human potential. I cannot get enough of it. So that doesn't ever turn off. Now, when I do recognize that I need to be more present in my relationship, like if I've got a long work day ahead of me, I'll make sure at, you know, six or seven o'clock, I'm shutting down all electronics. I'm like, babe, let's go grab dinner. Let's go to a movie. Let's do something fun. And we make sure that we do that with, with no interruptions from work life, even though we still talk about, and it brings us joy. We still talk about what we do. You know, we still talk about ways in which we can serve and other creations and ideas we have that we want to bring to life. Because again, it's, it's just a part of who we are. So um, it, it's this balance between being really present to serving, but also being really present to being mm -hmm. and being with whoever's here. So it's this interesting paradox, like with my friends that I'm experiencing where, you know, I'm terrible at texting people back. Mm -hmm. I'm even worse at calling people back. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm fairly okay at email. I'm okay <laughs> at email. Um, 
But what's interesting is like I beat myself up about that for a really long time because a lot of my friends are are avid communicators. Like they like to text a lot, they like to talk a lot. And that's just not it's not in my DNA. And I look at my entire family, my whole family is like that. Um, you know, I, t- I talk to my dad maybe once a month and we will jump on the phone for two hours and go super deep and be super present with each other. And it's amazing. And that's kind of like all we need to, to recharge that battery. My mom, on the other hand, is a week, um, you know, once a week. And I recognize my communication style with my friends is I like to have time to really be present with them, like to soak them up, to not have a thousand things that I'm working on while I'm talking to you on the phone and pretending like I'm listening. There's nothing I hate more than people that are with you that aren't present with you. Cause it's like, you're wasting my time. <laughs> you know, you might as well not even be there. So with my friends, it's been this interesting dance of coming up with conscious agreements within our friendships where it's like, here's my flow. And like, I cannot wait to FaceTime with you on a Saturday when I've got my whole day free. And I cannot wait to just have nothing but you to soak up for like three hours. Mm. And I might do that once every couple months. Mm. You know, I'm so excited to have you in my life and not text you. But yes, I am so that person. I was like, I so feel you like, let's just, I just either want to go there, go deep and go for like hours and really get to know each other or hang out. Or I'm like, Hmm, I I just, I can't. (laughs) That's me. I can't do like the surface everyday thing. Even with Preston, like I don't like to talk on the phone if it's not like really deep. Like it's just just, you know, let's keep it light and let's keep it simple and let's be honest, right? If you're just going to be walking around the house working on your computer while you're talking to me, don't talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so the same person, but it's so good to like be able to say that out loud and have people know that and make agreements because I do have some friends who are like, I need this time with you or I really like texts and phone calls. And it's, can we agree on something to keep this relationship up? And that's really, really been awesome. So Alexi, I could talk to you all day long and I know that we are, we're just about on the hour. So I just want to acknowledge you for all of the work that you do in the world. I mean, I, I'm sure so many people on here have felt it and I know that I have felt it and it's truly been one of the most inspiring things to just watch you guys and share your love and share in your relationship and just get poured into by you. So so where can everybody find you, follow you, get your books? Yeah, if you want to uh, stalk me, do it at alexipanos.com. Uh, you can find everything there, uh, books, soul school, membership programs, free content. Guys, I make free content every single week, really awesome videos. So no excuses if you're like, yo, I don't have the money right now. Go watch some free videos on YouTube or on Facebook. They're amazing. And go watch my hubby too because his are amazing as well. Oh my gosh, he's amazing. <laughs> like his his podcast, which you guys can go back and find, Preston Smiles podcast was so awesome. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, <laughs> he's, so much he's a character. It's yes. so great. Okay, so I always end on a final question. Ooh. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. So you are in an elevator with someone and you only have about 30 seconds and they look over at you and they say, how can I make myself happy? What do you say? Choose it, be it, and think about all the ways in which you're already there. Mm. And that's it. Mm so beautiful thank you so much for coming on and you guys if you loved this episode as much as i did make sure you share it with your friends and until next time earn your happy bye everyone 
Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought, an honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. And I want to make sure that you have my phone number and I'm not kidding. Did you know that I have a community text number for real? My phone number is 310-496-8363. This goes directly to my phone. All you have to do is text the word daily to 310-496-8363. And I literally text you every single day, Monday through Friday. I actually just got done 30 seconds ago texting a bunch of people back. And I talk to you all of the time. You guys, people always ask me how I got my community text number and how it works. Well, all you have to do is you can just go to community.com and get your own. Community makes it easy to get a phone number that you can use to build your audience using text. People just text you at your number and they're added to your group. Then you can text them out audios, video links, anything you want. You guys, I text out happy birthday videos. I love to send podcast links, thoughts about life, book recommendations, uh, different events that I'm doing in the local area. Texting gets me out of the noise of social media and directly into your hand. And now you can start texting your people too. Just go to community.com to get your phone number. They give you a 10 digit real phone number, not those weird short codes that look like spam, but it's more than a phone number. Your new number comes with an inbox for SMS and texting. This means you can actually manage your text list from your computer and an app on your phone. You can schedule texts to send at certain times and to certain groups. You can even set up auto replies or let your assistant or customer service team answer your text messages via community's awesome dashboard. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo. They'll show you how it works and get you your number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community for that. So go check them out at community.com. I can tell you it's not just great for communicating with my audience, but Chris and I use community and our texts to also sell out our launches. I'm telling you, you get such an incredible response because you really are creating a true deep sense of community and it's so intimate. It's freaking amazing. Go check it out at community.com. Want to know a huge secret to my success? Okay, not only my success, but just about every single person that I have interviewed on this podcast who is successful has this in common. You guys, they love to journal. They capture their life lessons and what they're grateful for. But a lot of people don't keep this up consistently. And most people do know that the research shows that journaling deepens your gratitude and increases self-awareness. But did you also know that journaling decreases stress and helps you achieve your goals faster? 
In fact, journaling is a huge differentiator between average performers at work and high-performing people. It leads to longer-term clarity, confidence, and success. So why don't more people journal? Why didn't I journal consistently? Honestly, they don't like staring at a blank page. It's hard to carry a book around with you or a notepad, and they just don't even know what to write about, or they just forget. That's why I know that you're going to love Growth Day. It's the world's number one system for self-improvement, and it's like all-in-one personal development in an app. And it has an awesome digital journal, and people love it. Growth Day's digital journal has hundreds of research-backed writing prompts for self-reflection, positive mindset, confidence building, and success. I use them all the time, and it makes me think in ways that I typically don't, and it makes me ask myself better questions, which we all know gets better results in our life. It even has prompts that help you develop a daily, weekly, or monthly habit of reflecting on your life and identifying areas to grow. So it's a perfect time of year to start journaling, you guys. When you sign up at Growth Day, you also get systems for habit tracking, goal setting, and scoring and improving every area of your life. Best of all, I get to teach there too, you guys. I'm so excited. I hope that I get to see you. I teach live in Growth Day every single month with a new topic just for you. So join me there. Start your free trial at growthdate.com slash Lori. Hey, I know if you're listening to this podcast that you have big dreams and big goals. And one of the things that can really stop you is struggling with your marketing. Trust me, I have been there. Are you using 10 different systems just to build your online business? Then I want you to try Kajabi. Kajabi helps you build your web pages, set up funnels, and sell your courses, content, coaching, or communities. You've been hearing me talk a lot about funnels on this podcast and the importance of your email list. You can get a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com. I've talked about Kajabi before, but here's something that's super cool and new. They just rolled out an AI assistant for creating your online course curriculum. And this means you just type in a topic that you want to create on a course or webinar and bam, it just generates a sample outline for you. It takes a ton of the hard work away. Of course, you're going to customize it to be your own, but this really helps you get over the struggle of how in the world to start which is where most people stop. If you're like me, starting is always the hardest part and that's what makes Kajabi so popular. They've made it easier for creators to build web pages, build courses, build coaching programs, build membership sites, build checkout pages, and build email funnels. So if you're struggling with any of those, you gotta go check it out. Go to kajabi.com. Kajabi was really the first all-in-one system and is trusted by over 100,000 creators. I think that's good enough for me. Also as influencers and marketers who use this. And now their smart AI platform makes it easy to take what you know and turn it into an online course and business. Go start building with a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com.